This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. Now, I want to welcome you on this Warning Radio program, as well as television and social media. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. I have two special guests with me today, Jerry Crawford and Adrian Frank, EthiopianMiracle.com. Now, I came to uh, know of them because I spoke down at my father's house just last Saturday night, and I met him there. Uh, Jerry, welcome to the Warning Radio program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Adrian, welcome. Thank you. Also now, glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. <laughs> now, I listened to your testimony down there. Mike had, that's Mike DeLorenzo. He had you come and share a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was for my benefit, he told me. And uh, <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> yes. And as you've come here now, we spent several more hours together. Yes. I tell you, uh, I know it was a divine connection. I, I just appreciate how you're led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's how I have lived since 1985. Mm. So I understand that very well. Mm-hmm. And I love a person that can be led by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, your testimony fascinated me. Mm. And so testimonies, not just one. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jerry Crawford, I'm, uh, I'm going to let you tell a little bit. Okay. Uh, tell a little bit. And I know your first wife has died. Yes. And tell how you got to Ethiopia and then... How you started working with Adrian Frank, and now you're both working in Ethiopia. So, uh, Jerry, why don't you tell us uh, what got you into Ethiopia? Well, it is uh, a bit of a miracle, and that's why we picked the name EthiopianMiracle.com uh, for kind of a placeholder for everything God has seemed to be doing. Uh, living here in Seattle, we kind of grow up with coffee because of Starbucks, because of the cold of the Northwest. And uh, as you said, I'd been married 35 years. The woman I was married to uh, in 2019, she'd die and go to heaven. And um, so my children are grown with their own families. So I was just kind of a single white male trying to figure out what to do uh, with the rest of my life. Um, so I think to myself, I'm going to go to Bible school. I think, well, this is a good time. I've uh, been a businessman for a long time, had a good career in business. And I ponder what's the next stage of my life. So I get a cup of coffee in Seattle in April or sometime in uh, 2020. I sit down on my deck to have drink my coffee, thinking about life. And while I'm doing that, uh, 
the sky opened up in front of me and Jesus came down from heaven and took me to the nation of Ethiopia and said, this is the nation I want you to go to. Wow. <laughs> I said, I, I was scared. I don't even know where it is. I, I don't even know how to spell Ethiopia. It's not at all in my thought process uh, about that particular nation, country. I never think of myself as a, a person, a missionary kind of person. I'm a businessman who builds houses and develops subdivisions, uh, but now I'm not doing that. And Jesus said, I would like you to uh, sell everything you have, give it all away, and go to the nation of Ethiopia for me. Wow. Incredible. So, Adrian, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your story and uh, how you and uh, Jerry connected. Yeah, so in April, uh, mid-April, my, my wife also went home to be with the Lord. My. Yeah, and uh, I met, met Jerry about a year and a half ago. Uh, he was giving his uh, his testimony at, at my father's house of how how um, how uh, he succeeded in business a lot and and how God was was doing doing a, a mighty work in his life and um, specifically the the thing that really attracted me was um, he would pray in tongues uh, they would just pray in tongues for a long time and then just walk it out the rest of the the rest of the week the rest of the day and. Um, that that simplicity is something that really spoke to me and, and really got me um, excited about um, about studying the the word more. I had I had been going through um, I've been going a bit kind of stagnating in my Christian walk and and having having that 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 new um, not really new approach but but just the the idea of of the Holy Spirit just just guiding and leading leading him was was something I was very hungry for. I was very hungry for more of God. And and uh, that hunger just keeps growing, the the just more hungering and thirsting for for more of God, and it just keeps getting better and better. Wow! Yeah. Wow. So, when you, what led you now? Again, you got on a plane. Were you on that? Was Adrian on the same plane? No, this was my first trip to Ethiopia. I went by myself. I didn't okay. know anybody. All right. I had no backing. Um, no NGO or no person in Ethiopia to meet when I got there. I just uh, decided to get on the plane and go. Plus, you had a hard time getting on the plane because of the problems. The, no visa. Uh, yeah, and I had no visa. The nation of Ethiopia had been, like a lot of the countries, had been suffering through COVID. And uh, so there was not very much tourism to begin with. And then uh, the war had, uh, they call it conflict because there's not a declaration of war. So there's conflict in the regions with um People killing people and people shooting people, people wanting to take territory. So uh, tourist visas were primarily canceled. The wow. American embassy pulled out, re uh, recommended you not travel to the nation, and uh, asked their staff to uh, leave the country. Wow. Instead, I'm on the airplane in Chicago, flying from Chicago to Ethiopia, uh, which was kind of exactly opposite of what the rest of the world was doing at that time. Wow. And so you had to first get a visa. Had to get a visa. So I had a tourist visa when I began the journey uh, in the f weeks leading up to uh, my departure. The, the visa was valid. When I got to from Seattle to Chicago, I arrive in Chicago. They tell me the visas have been canceled because of the conflict. And if you're going to try to get into the nation of Ethiopia, you must go fly to Washington, D.C. to go to the Ethiopian embassy and, and request a sp special visa. I flew to the, the Washington, D.C., and visited the embassy. They saw my valid plane ticket. My passport was valid, but my visa was canceled. Uh, so they sought to uh, 
provide me with a visa, but they were out of visas. There were no more visas available. Um, so instead of getting a 30-day or 90-day tourist visa, which was the visa that you were normally able to obtain, uh, they said that they run out of those. They weren't available, uh, but they were able to find a two-year visa in uh, New York, and they flew that or arranged for that visa to be given to me. So God made a change from being a tourist to being a two-year resident uh, traveling in and out of the nation with no hindrance whatsoever. Incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so what looked like was a negative turned out to be a positive. As a matter of fact, I called my pastors in the United in in uh, Des Moines, Washington, Mike De Lorenzo, and I said, "I feel like jumping out the window of the hotel. I found a bridge. <laughs> I I think I could easily." jump because I was so discouraged and disappointed and, and uh, not certain what to do. Uh, the, the little bit of funds that people had given me to travel, I was having to use up and flying to Washington, D.C. and stay in an expensive hotel. By my standards, it was costly. And so I was a little discouraged. And, and he said to me, no, this is great. It turns into a testimony. And I said, well, I'm not so happy about that, <laughs> but, 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 I'll, but I'll accept that as, yeah. as my pastor's counsel. Wow. So that's what happened. Uh, and the next day I was able to board the airplane to Ethiopia. And it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what looked like a, a, a defeat turned into a blessing. Instead of 90 days, you have two years. Two years, yes. Multiple entries. Yes, yeah, sometimes you can get an extended visa, but you can't go in and out of the country. Yeah. And and now I could fly in, fly out, fly in, fly out, no imitation. And there's a different uh, almost status you come into the country with when you go through immigration because it looks like you belong here. There's something you're doing for the country. So sure. they don't harass you uh, at the same level. Wonderful. Yeah. So God opened doors and kept them open. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, you Adrian, did not go with him at this time. No, I had a lot of. I was busy uh, with with work and, and business and things like that. And um, uh, it wasn't until um, July, July to August this this year, that I went over there for a month, visited our um, uh, mining property that that we had. Well, we're going to get to that. Yes, yes. we're going to get to that. <laughs> but now I'm going to Jerry. You tell us what happened when you got on the plane. Well, the whole thing has been an Ethiopian miracle because. As I said, my visa was canceled. Then they give me a, a visa at a much higher level of uh, favor. And then I climb on the airplane, delayed and disappointed, a little discouraged, tired. And uh, before I board the airplane, the the uh, front the desk at the airline said, would you mind if we change your seat? And I said, ma'am, you could put me in baggage. I, I don't care. You could put me in the overhead <laughs> bin. Anywhere on the airplane that goes to Ethiopia, I'm fine with. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't not matter to me at all. Yeah. So if she makes a few changes, I don't know what changes she's making. And honestly, I'm so tired and so discouraged, I don't care. Sure. Just get on the plane because once they close the door, it's a 14-hour flight and I'm not getting off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to land in Ethiopia and I know that. So I, cl- I climb in the airplane. What She was actually kind of kind because she had seen me days trying to struggle to get on. So all she did was make it so I could sit on an exit aisle. It was sure. a little more leg room. Sure. And so that was very nice. And there was an empty seat uh, next to me, and then there was a man on the aisle. And uh, so we board the flight, and the man on the aisle, very polite. He's a, he, he, lives in Ethio- he lives in Atlanta, and he lives in Ethiopia, so he flies back and forth for family things. So he says to me, why are you on this airplane? Nobody's going to Ethiopia. That plane's half empty. There's nobody on the plane. And uh, I, I had asked the Lord before I went, 
I said, what am I supposed to tell people yeah. when they say, why are you going to Ethiopia? What's my, what do I say? If you fly for business, you, you know, in life, you often say, well, I'm going for vacation or I have a you know, career over here. So what am I supposed to tell people? And he said, the Lord said to me, just ask them one question. Do you believe in God? Yeah. If they say no, then don't say anything. Sure. If they say yes, then tell them the story. So this man sitting next to me, his name is Richie. And he says, so why are you going to Ethiopia? And I said, well, do you believe in God? And he says, yes, I do. And I said, okay, well, I'm sitting at my home in Seattle. The sky opened up. Jesus takes me to Ethiopia and says he wants me to come to this nation. Wow. <laughs> and, and he listens because it's a 14-hour flight. So he listens for hour after hour after hour. At one point, I tell him when Jesus said to me, I made the people from the dust of the ground. And everything that that nation needs is in the ground. Not in every nation would that be true, but in the nation of Ethiopia, everything that that nation needs is in the ground. Yes. And I want you to bring the wealth of that nation out of the ground and give it to them through agriculture and through mining. Wow. And I said, I don't know anything about either of those things. He said, I will seat you with the people you need to know and I will teach you the things you need to know. My, my, my. The man seated next to me is one of the largest agricultural producers in the nation. Good night. <laughs> so he says to me, it sounds like God put you on this airplane next to me because our family is one of the producers. We have many farms in the country. Their farms are very large, more than 1,000 acres each one. My, my. So because of the war, because of conflict, the farms were suffering. The farm managers had to run for their lives. The equipments were, had been stolen. So he was going there from America to help his family in Ethiopia rebuild the agricultural businesses that they own there. My. And so God puts me on the airplane next to him, and he says to me, this has got to be God. And I said, it must be because I don't even know anything that I'm doing, except, I, <laughs> except I'm seated now next to a man who knows everything about agriculture. Wow. Yeah. And not only that, uh, God used him. Yes. For you. Yeah, because as I, as I said, I, this is a little embarrassing. I, I traveled with almost nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, God said, just go and trust me. And so uh, the man says to me, I will take care of everything you need in the nation. I will fly you to the places you want to go. I'll pay for your airfare. Wow. I'll give you hotel room keys to hotels for you to stay. And I'll send my cars and my security team, if you need guards and guns, we'll take care of it. Four-wheel drives and things you need to travel. Because I had told him, God had said to me, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And that he had talked about Joshua and Moses, where every place the sole of your foot shall tread, that shall I give to you. And so I told this man, I, I think I need to go from the north to the south to the east to the west and claim and pray over the land. And he says, that's fine. We have farms in all those regions, and you, you tell me when you want to go, we'll arrange it. So I got to travel from the north to the south to the east to the west with the man sitting next to me arranging everything. So the scripture and the manifestation all happened on that airplane flight. We get to the nation of Ethiopia. There's a lot to say about it. But one thing that happened was I meet his sisters, and one of the sisters is pregnant, and she's about eight and a half or nine months pregnant. She's going to give birth very soon. Wow. And I, I see her, and I look at her, and I see the pregnant belly, and the Lord spoke to me while we're eating lunch, and he says, there's a boy in her belly who's very important to me. I want you to call him Roman, 
and I want you to pray for him. He's a future leader and a developer of this country. My goodness. And I, I don't, I don't, I hear God so strongly about this that I almost forget to keep eating because I'm listening to the Lord tell me about this boy. Sure. I don't tell anybody. But I, after lunch, I run to my hotel room and I write three pages of notes of what God tells me about this boy's destiny. Good night. Like John the Baptist, when yeah. the angel Gabriel tells Zachariah what's going to happen. Yeah. Turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, all this stuff. So I don't tell him. I don't tell anybody. So a few days later, this man is putting me on an airplane to fly to this to a place called Gondar. And the Lord says, tell him about the boy. I said, I'm not going to tell him. The Lord says, no, I want you to tell him about Roman. I said, Lord, I'm not going to tell. I'm scared. So so the Lord stops talking to me. Sure. I, I know that means you need to obey. Yeah, yeah. So I, I say to Richie and to his brother, I say, can I tell you something about meeting your sister the other day? And I take out my notebook and I start reading to him what God tells me about, call this boy Roman. There's a boy in her belly. It's very important to me. Leader of the nation, speak all these languages, do all this stuff, create international commerce and peace in the world. And I, and, and I get to this part where it says that he's to carry on this particular destiny. Well, he stopped, the, the man stops me and says, can I take, pay, can I take pictures of your notes? I said, sure. You could t-. I, I told him the truth. I said, this might just be me making this up. This might be God. It might be Jerry. I don't know. Because I don't ever have this kind of stuff happen where God just talks so clearly everything I want to know. He tells me. There's no, it's like he talked face to face with Moses. Moses does not have to wonder what God said. Yes. Very clear. Yeah. So God's so clear with me that I, I, I don't know what to do with it. It's just so clear. So this man says to me, this is God's, this is the Lord. And I said, how do you know that? He said, because you said that this boy is to carry on the legacy of, uh, to do these things. He says, this is what my grandfather did. This is what my father did. And we had just, his father had just died four days before. My, my. And they just finished the funeral, which I was invited to. Richie's father. Richie's father. So the message is, in their culture, in their tribe, they believe that when the elder of the tribe dies, the next firstborn boy male of the family takes over the legacy of the of the one who passed. Yes. So the mantle, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so to speak, passed through to this boy called, that I call Roman from the father who just died four days before. So he says, when I read your notes about this, that's God, because that's exactly how we believe that this boy will carry on the legacy of his of Richie's father who had just died. My, my, my. Because when I went to the funeral, there was hundreds of men jumping and celebrating and shouting there was hundreds of women wailing and mourning. And I asked my interpreter, what, what, I don't understand this funeral. They say that Richie's father was known as a benefactor of the region. He'd take care of the people, the poor people, the, whoever, wherever the need was, his father do it. Sure. So his father lived out his God-ordained life. Okay. So they're celebrating he lived the fullest. The women are mourning the loss of their provider and their protector. Roman becomes this new living out the legacy of the of the father and the provider and protector of the women. Wow. Wow. Initially, though, it would be Richie and then Roman. Right. It, and that's exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but God said to me, I'm putting you with this boy. At two years of age, you start training him in my ways. Wow. And I said, why two? He said, because they tried to kill all the babies in Bethlehem born two and under. So at two, he starts developing. At two, you start putting my spirit into him. 
at John the Baptist had the Holy Spirit from the womb, but you'll begin with Roman at two. You'll teach him all the ways of my kingdom, and he will rise up, and he'll be walking in the spirit and the power of Elijah and carrying forth the message that I have for this nation and for the nations around him. My, my, my. That's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, just listening to it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program also. It was on social media, whether it's Rumble or uh, Roku, um, YouTube, and uh, different pod platforms we're on. Uh, welcome. Now, I have Jerry Crawford and Adrian Frank with me. Yes. And uh, Jerry, uh, when did uh, Richie offer you this uh, this mine? Ah, so the mining business. So the mining business kind of came because of um, on the on the airplane. I had explained that when Jesus sat down with me and had coffee and said, "I want you to go to the nation of Ethiopia and bring the wealth of the nation out of the ground and give it to the people in two ways: through agriculture and through mining." And uh, so Richie had said to me just recently, so we just had our one-year anniversary together in Ethiopia, uh, January, or excuse me, June of 22 is my one year from June of 21 to June of 22. So we, he and I were just kind of celebrating the memory of getting together. And then, um, so a few months after our anniversary, he comes to me and says, I, one of my family members has a uh, quarry, mining quarry, and uh, he, he said, I, I think we're supposed to buy it but I don't want to do it unless you want it because we're busy with our agricultural production and I don't have someone to lead the mining side of the company. Now, this was a year later. This is a year later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so nothing had gone on with the mining for a year. Sure. And so a year later, after the one-year kind of anniversary, anniversary, he says, there's an opportunity. I think it's for you and... Uh, but I need your commitment because I don't want to do it. I don't have the staff, the time. So I, I said, well, let me, let me, he says, I know you don't have the money to do it, but I'll go ahead and buy it. And then when you have the money, you can pay me. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll do it that way then. And so the Lord put me into the mining business because I had done no business and earned no revenue of any kind in Ethiopia. And I can't because I'm not a citizen. Sure. And so uh, the Lord arranged this. And after that, decision was made then adrian uh when i realize that it's marble and granite and other things i think that's got to be god because adrian had just reached out to me from america about doing something in ethiopia and i said i think this is it you've got all this experience in marble and granite in the and you know all about it and god just handed me a granite mine wow and i think this is timing for you to think about what's going on in Ethiopia because his wife had just passed away a few months before. Okay. So he had, because he said to me, I always felt I was supposed to come to Ethiopia, but I didn't know how I'd ever do it because I have a wife and, and a home and a family and stuff. So how would that ever happen? Then his wife go to heaven and now he have an opportunity. And then the marble business comes to me and he's got the marble and granite experience. So it was time for Adrian to join me in Ethiopia. Good and night. And so this man offers you this this mining business, and he is financing everything. That's correct. And we're talking about millions of dollars. Yes, absolutely. Nine million is the development loan to start it. 
And he says, you don't have to pay anything until later. There's not going to be any interest. And then once you start making money, you can start paying me back. Correct. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that is totally, totally unheard of. This doesn't happen. I don't know anywhere <laughs> this has happened. Uh, go ahead. I, I can tell you it's why. Because the Lord said to me when he sat down, he said, the queen of Sheba came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And she brought treasures to my kingdom in Jerusalem. She brought gold and silver and precious stones and spices such as never been seen before. So their queen from Ethiopia came to Jerusalem and deposited riches into my country. Now their nation is due a return on their investment. So I'm going to bring the wealth of that nation out of the ground and have you give it to the people. So it doesn't surprise me at all that God is functioning at this very high level financially and in an economic way because he's doing nothing more than what he's already promised is to plant the seed and he creates the returns. Now, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you're listening to the warning radio program, social media, uh, television, welcome. Uh, I've been having Jerry Crawford and Adrian Frank. Now, we didn't hear much out of Adrian Frank, but we're going to tomorrow. So make sure you tune in again tomorrow as we continue with this fascinating story how God brought Jerry Crawford and Adrian Frank to Ethiopia. And if you've listened to this today, it is utterly fascinating. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.